Thank you for joining us on this Resurrection Sunday. Just before we get into the Word, just a couple of announcements. Uh, in between the two services we have today, uh, we're looking at the number of people here. The first service, I'm just praying somebody's coming to second service. <laughs> so, in between the two services we have uh, today, there is tea and coffee around in the youth hall. Uh, so please stay and join us. Uh, the only notices we've got uh, for this week, everything is off this week. There's nothing on this week till next Sunday. Uh, tonight, uh, we have our evening service at half past six. Uh, we would love you to join us. Jackie Roberts will be speaking tonight. Uh, we'll be having our prayer time from 5.30. Uh, we're doing this every Sunday now, just gathering together uh, to pray. So those are the only announcements for, for today. But let's just pray before we come to the word. Father, we thank you. On this Resurrection Sunday, Father, those words of truth that read from Scripture, He is not here, He has risen. Oh, Father, it gives us the hope that we have. It gives us a reason to preach your word. It gives us the reason to know that we're not still in our sin. And we just thank you for that this morning. That, Father, that your Son, He's died for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And we just thank you for that today. Father, as we gather around your word now, Father, we pray that you will encourage us and challenge us, teach us and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. The three words that were spoken in history that changed the world forever. There has never been three words spoken that have impacted and changed the world more than the three words that day, he has risen. He says it's a foundation upon uh, simply why we are here this morning, why churches are meeting everywhere this morning, why people have a belief and a faith in Jesus Christ built upon the foundation of these three words, he has risen. And we're going to read the story, and, and, and Michael has touched on it already in Matthew 28. And the words are going to come before you. It, it simply says this. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here, he, he is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying and now go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. As they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid, go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Can you imagine on that Sunday morning as they turn up to the tomb and realise that the tomb is empty because Jesus 
has risen. That journey on the way back from the tomb and they meet Jesus there and their response is simply this. He says they were frightened but with great joy. And as they met Jesus, they greeted them and they fell down and they worshipped him. He says, Jesus, the risen Savior on this Sunday morning is the one to be worshipped. He says, we copy the example of the women on that day uh, as we gather here. He says, all the Easter eggs and all the other things that people love about Easter paling to comparison to this truth that the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, is the only one worthy to be worshipped because he rose from the dead on that Easter Sunday, that Resurrection Sunday. You see, I've said this last Sunday when we did the conversation. It is essential that we believe in the meaning of the resurrection spiritually, but also the truth of it historically as well. That this was an actual event that happened in history, so much so that it changed history. It didn't just change people's lives. It changed the very history of mankind. And this morning with just three, uh, three points, the purpose, the comfort, and the victory of the resurrection. It's interesting that the Gospels all record the appearance, the resurrection appearance of Jesus after his death on the cross and his burial in the tomb. He rose in a physical resurrected body, not just a spiritual one. And 1 Corinthians tells us he appeared to over 500 believers let me just put that into terms that we would understand if each person that had witnessed the physical resurrection of Jesus if we gave them 15 minutes starting from now to give their personal testimony of what it was like to meet the risen Jesus after his resurrection he says if we listen to the testimony of them and started now we would be here all day and all night and all day Monday, and all Monday night, and all day Tuesday, and Tuesday night, all day Wednesday, Wednesday night, all day Thursday, and sometime early on Friday morning, the testimonies would come to an end, as all these people spoke of meeting the resurrected Jesus Christ. 128 straight hours just to hear what they had to say, those who witnessed the physical resurrection of Jesus after he rose. See, the resurrection does this. It proves who Jesus says he was. And he could do what he said he could do. Three quick things. The first one is, is this. It proved he is the Son of God. He had claimed to be God as he went around preaching and teaching. He, he had done the miracles. He had done all the things uh, that when he spoke and he said who he was. But actually this was the key to it. Uh, this was the revelation, the truth of it. That he was simply the son of God. To prove it. He was resurrected from the dead. He came back and he was, came and he was resurrected on that day. So it proved that he is the son of God there was none before and there has been none since he is who he says he was he proved the work on the cross the work on the cross would have been dead and just finished there when Jesus says it is finished that wasn't it that wasn't it that was just the part of it that the, he'd come to complete his mission to do his job to complete the task that he had been given to do 
But to really prove it and to really complete the whole thing, he had to rise from the dead. And he did rise from the dead. So it proved the work on the cross. For had he not done that, he said we would still be in our sin. He, he would have been like all the other people, as we shared last week, claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be somebody that they want. But Jesus' claims of who he was were true. It proved to be true. And so the third thing we see, that it proves Scripture to be true. Then I say, we can't read Scripture and change it to what we think it should say or what we would like it to say. It absolutely proves Scripture to be true. We shared many times through the, 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 as we looked on our study in Matthew, that Jesus Christ is the fulfiller and the fulfillment of all God's promises. That is, he was spoken of in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New Testament, but fulfilled by his death and his burial and his resurrection more than anything. You see, there were others in the Bible who did miracles which proved they were of God, but only the resurrection could prove he was God. That's really it. That's what it boils down to today. You see, in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he addresses the difficulties that some of the people there were having because they were saying, Jesus didn't rise from the dead. He said he didn't rise, it didn't happen, there was no physical resurrection of him. And he gives these reasons simply to say why this has to be true. And the first one is simply this, that, that Jesus would still be dead. There would be a tomb that we could go and visit in Israel and they would say these carry the bones of Jesus Christ within this tomb. I tell you there is no tomb because he's not dead. And, but they wanted to say that, oh, well, he's dead. He, he didn't rise physically, but Jesus would still be dead, but he's not dead. But if he was still dead, the second thing would be their preaching would be useless. I mean, their preaching would have no point to it. We're standing up telling you about a risen Savior who has forgiven our sin, who gives us new life. Uh, and it would be useless. What's the point of preaching that? See, today, if it wasn't true, then, you know, we'd be honest, we might as well not do church. They might as well all go home and stop at Maud's on the way and get an ice cream. We would enjoy Sunday more if that we did that. Because the preaching is useless. There's nothing to say. It's all empty. It says, but actually, it's not useless. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And it not only gives us something to preach about, Actually, it allows us to preach about him because he is the only one worthy to be preached about. It's only one worth listening to what Jesus Christ had to say. You see, the third thing that we see if it didn't happen was this would people would still be in their sin because Jesus would have just died on the cross. The last great battle that had to be fought there for Jesus was that battle of a sin and death. Imagine the scene this morning. He says that actually he hadn't risen and we would still be in. I said, not forgiven. All of us. I mean, our guilt has been lifted. Our shame has been taken away because we are forgiven this morning. There's a wonderful power in forgiveness. I'm not talking about the forgiveness that we may uh, offer to each other. This is the forgiveness that God offers to us that he didn't have to forgive us, but he chose to forgive us in Jesus Christ. It's why we are here today. 
It's that power of knowing that we are forgiven of all the things that we've ever done wrong. Uh, and the stuff that nobody knows about. It was mentioned on Friday night. Imagine if our sins were blasted up onto the screen there for everybody to see. Nobody would want to see those. All those sins are forgiven because Jesus Christ has given us the victory. He's the one that took our sin upon him on the cross. And it's why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday today. Because he did not raise from the dead. Well, it still would be there with the cross. It would just be almost a nice intention that Jesus had. It, it would be a nice thing that he did. You know, that was wonderful. He went through all of that and he just died on the cross. And we would have no idea. We would be unsure and uncertain of what he had done for us. But we can be certain and sure on this Resurrection Sunday because Christ has risen from the dead. And you see, the fourth thing we quickly see is there would be no future hope. What would we look forward to? What, what, would, we, what would we fix our eyes upon? It says, Jesus has the victory he comes and he has the victory because he's had that victory over sin and death. We have a future hope. Our life is not about the life that we live here. We have a proper perspective when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. It gives us a future hope that this is not the end no matter what we suffer with down here. This is not the end. There is a future hope because not only did Christ die for our sins, was buried and rose again. He paid the way for us to receive eternal life, to spend eternity in heaven. That's the future hope that we have. The resurrection is grounded. All these things are grounded, sorry, in the resurrection. And the final thing we see is simply those who believed were lying. That actually we were talking about something that never happened. And actually it says uh, we should be pitied. People should feel sorry for us. Because in a sense all of us that believe, we're deluded. We've been tricked in some way into believing something that hasn't happened or to believing something that we're unsure of or we're uncertain of uh, almost the point is actually that we're lying about this I tell you we're not lying we're telling the truth this morning because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead he is the one the only one who has risen so there are no lies to be told because he rose from the dead he says, on that day, that miracle was performed where the Father by the Spirit raised the Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. And as Michael has already said, he said, the tomb was laid open, not to let Jesus out, but so we could see in. So we could see what? Actually nothing. Because there was nobody there, because Jesus wasn't there. See, the comfort we get this morning is this. Is, and and it, it goes back to the story of the women as they arrive at the tomb. They come fully expecting to find the dead body of Jesus. They'd come to finish the preparation which had started. Uh, but then the Sabbath came. And notice the invitation. Uh, and, and our vision as a church for these three years is the invitation. There's, there's two invitations given here. And this is what moves us uh, uh, when we think and believe in the risen Saviour. It says, come and see the place where we lay. And when they go there and see, there's nobody there. And that doesn't finish there. It says, come and see the place where we lay. Now go and tell somebody he's not there because he's risen. There's the invitation, isn't it? Come, 
see the place where he lay he's not there he's risen now go and tell people you see we do not have a story we do not have a faith that just invites us to come and see and say that Jesus is not there actually we have a faith that tells us we we see that but then we go and tell people Jesus is alive he has risen today the invitation to see the place where we lay is appropriately addressed to the same people who would watch the body being put into the tomb and the stone was rolled over so there was no possibility of a mistake so the women walked down to the tomb on that Sunday well they knew where they were going as they knew which one it was but they saw that the tomb was rolled away it says no mistake well, where is he where is it and they hear from the angel you see the resurrection of Jesus allows us to see past all the discouragement and all the disillusionment of life and allows us to see a proper perspective of life that Jesus Christ rose from the dead see the victory of the resurrection is this and somebody said this he said the earth shook at both the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ to show that he could not bear his suffering or hinder is rising death is the last great enemy of man genesis 2 verse 17 adam and eve are given the command you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good of evil for when you eat of it you will surely die paul writes in romans 5 verse 17 he says for the sin of this one man adam caused death to rule over many but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man Jesus Christ God took everything that should have been ours the punishment the penalty absolutely everything and he put it on his son Jesus Christ and he put it on his son Jesus Christ and Jesus took that triumphed over sin triumphed over death gave us the victory so we can do what we do this morning he changes lives he changed our lives he's changed the disciples lives imagine this that they were hiding and carrying away even as the women it tells us further on in this story as they went back to the place that they knocked on the door and they were carrying and hiding behind because they knew that people were looking for them it says that something happens to them when they meet the resurrected Jesus something happens to them when they meet the risen saviour one day Peter is denying Christ one day he's taking his sword and chopping the ear off of one of the servants that's come to arrest Jesus within weeks he's standing on the day of Pentecost preaching and proclaiming the gospel message of how Jesus came for the people who were listening on that day that he came and he died for them and he was buried and he rose again on the third day what happened did he just go to some sort of class that instilled a bit of courage into him did he just go to a place whereby we think well now's the time I tell you he wouldn't have stood that day and preached what he preached had he not met the risen saviour Jesus Christ he says Jesus walked in at one point and Thomas says unless I see unless I see the the scars unless I see the holes where the nails were put he says and he showed and, and these are disciples carrying in fear 
and yet they meet the risen Saviour. The lives of the disciples were revolutionised. They fled, they denied Christ at the time of his rest, arrest. They later came to fear no one in their proclamation of the gospel. History records that each and every one of them died a martyr's death. Not one of them denied Christ. Why? Uh, no, not one of them denied Christ at the death. Why? Because they had met the risen Saviour. They had spent time with Jesus before we went to the cross. They saw that he went to the cross and he died on the cross. But more importantly, they saw that he rose again. And it revolutionised and it changed their lives. And it took upon them the responsibility that God had given them. That Jesus told them to go into all the world and tell them about me. You see, this is how the church grew. Because the conviction that the disciples preached that Christ had risen and was the Lord. See, somebody said this, they said the most powerful historical proof of the resurrection is the resurrected disciples. Dull, defeated people became fearless, adventuresome leaders. Cowards became courageous. The timid became bold. I mean, when you think about this, the message, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, it really should have died out, probably after about 100 years. I mean, there was no satellite TV, there was no internet, there was none of the modern things that we would have today to share that message. And where people would come and say, oh, well, the gospel's not relevant anymore, the church is not relevant anymore, it still stands all these years later why because it has met a risen savior jesus christ it's the historical it's the spiritual foundation of everything that we believe for two thousand years the name of jesus has set the addict free it's loved the unlovable it's fed the hungry it's clothed the naked it's led people to truth it's healed the sick it's forgiven sins it's changed people's lives we are here today because jesus christ has done all of that because he rose from the dead he is a risen savior he has risen jesus carries on his work on earth through the holy spirit we are part of that promise that he's made as we come because we believe what he has done for each and every one of us. We could bring up testimony after testimony of people just sitting in this church this morning of how Jesus Christ changed their life and set them free. And you might be sitting there and say, well, that's coincidental or that's just something that happened to them and that's for them and stuff. It, it, it's not. He says the common thing is Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And in that rising from the dead, there was a power that changed people's lives. It changed your life and it changed my life. And Jesus carries on with this. He's by the means by which Christ is present with his people. See, I love the thought, and I shared this just at the beginning. There was the women leave the tomb. The verses say they were very frightened, but they were filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. They ran to him, they grasped his feet, and they worshipped him. And I thought to myself, isn't that a picture 
of what we do when we meet Jesus. He's not there for us to explain to people. We're not building a doctrine here that we want people to believe in. Says Jesus Christ is a person. And we want people to encounter him. We want people to be like the women who were there that day uh, as they met him on the way. And you know, there's that picture of suddenly, you can imagine the shock of this, that they greet him, but simply the only thing they could do, the only thing appropriate to do uh, on that first uh, resurrection Sunday was just simply to fall down and worship him. That, that's all they could do. They, they could do nothing else. They, they probably had 101 questions. That, that they probably wanted to find out, well, where have you been? Uh, what have you been doing, Jesus? Or, or how has that happened? Or, or 101 questions there. But the women present to us this tremendous picture of, of what we must do when we encounter the risen Saviour. You know, it's not just about today. It's about every day. It's about every Sunday. As they encounter Jesus, they simply just fall at his feet. And they worship him. They worship him for this reason. For they know not only it to be true what's been said, but he really has risen from the dead. He really has that. If there's, an, if there's, you know, we must never fall into this idea of only worshipping based on our circumstances and our situations or how we feel maybe when we come into church on Sunday. We worship Jesus because we encounter him like the women did on the road that day. On their way to tell the disciples that he has risen. There simply was the time for them to stop to fall at his feet and to worship him. And they worshipped him for this one reason. He had risen from the dead. That's why they worshipped him. Nothing else. They worshipped him because he had risen from the dead. Before they went and told anybody, before they went and did anything else, it was like the only appropriate thing for them to do was just to fall down and worship to worship and, and simply when we come to worship it's just putting him first isn't it it's lifting his name above everything else I'm sure there were loads of other things going on that day but they just took that moment they ran to him they grasped his feet and they worshipped him Jesus then said to them he says don't be afraid go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee to be there the events of Easter cannot be reduced to a creed or a philosophy. We are not asked to believe the doctrine of the resurrection. We are asked to meet this person raised from the dead. In faith, we move from belief in a doctrine to a knowledge of a person. Ultimate truth is a person. We met him. He's alive. He says, and that truth today that encounters us that we're not coming to say to you, here is what we believe. Here is the doctrine that we hold to. Here is the theology that we have. Here is our set of beliefs. We're telling you about a person. His name is Jesus Christ. He says he rose from the dead. We celebrate it today because he is not dead. He has risen. And on this Sunday, he is still risen. He is still risen. Changing people's lives. Worthy 
of being worshipped today. Let us pray. Father, as we come before you today, help us, Lord, to have the attitude of the women that day who upon leaving the tomb and seeing that it was empty were on the journey to go and tell the other disciples but they met your son Jesus on the way and at that point they fell down and worshipped him. Father, at this point, in this moment, in church, on this Resurrection Sunday, allow us to pause the life, the journey of life that each of us are on, to stop and to see Jesus for who he is, a risen Saviour, the Son of God, who is not in the grave anymore, for he has risen, and he is still risen today. And Father, at this point, allow us as a church, Father, to fall down as we meet him, to worship him today. For he has the victory over sin and death. For he has the victory and we as a people know we are forgiven today. He has given us new life today. Whether that new life be a week old or 50 years old. The power of your Son still changes people's lives and he is still worthy to be worshipped today. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen.